Welcome, 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 everybody. We are uh, we're about ready to launch our next podcast. Uh, we have the amazing Anthony Boudoir, photographer. I just called you Anthony Boudoir. That's how I refer to you, but it's Anthony Burton. Yeah. Burton Boudoir. No, it either works. Anthony B. Same. Yeah. Thing. Okay, Anthony B. He's co-hosting today's uh, podcast, and in the podcast that we did earlier, we had the amazing uh, fine art model Leticia based out of, well, she's French, but she's based out of Spain right now. Um, that was a good chat, man. It was, uh, I, I wasn't expecting some of the things that were said. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty impressed. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed actually. <laughs> I hate to say Yeah. It, did but. you have any takeaways? Yeah. It's, it's nice to meet a model that recognizes her value, but not a false value. Yeah. And I Ooh. think that goes both ways when it comes to photographers and models, I would say. But yeah. when you have somebody show up and you know that they've put in the work, you, they know that they're an expert in their field and it's because mm. they've got proven results. Yeah. When you, when you get to sit down with somebody who's got that kind of confidence because they recognize that value, that's, that's a, that's a pretty dope, that's a pretty dope experience. And I think, I think that's what we got out of that talk. So. Yeah. I think the cool thing is, you know, um, you would expect that she would have years and years and years of modeling experience when we find out that she didn't, you know, I mean, her, her modeling career is fairly short if you think about it, but what makes her, you know, truly valuable, uh, in terms of what she brings to the table is her life before modeling, you know, and she intersected those things. Uh, and what I got from that was, you know, it takes passion. It takes something, you know, more than just aesthetics. You know, when you can merge both, I mean, you can create amazing things, but there's got to be more than just the outside. And she clearly has a ton of drive. She clearly has a ton of discipline and based on what she did when she was little. And, uh, man, it just, it, it kind of reinforced, you know, my opinion that, you know, there are cooks and chefs. And even though people want to be chefs, you know, a lot of people, they're limited by a lack of vision and they're... And I hate to say that they're only going to be able to be a good cook. But the bottom line is some people are just meant to be cooks. You know, LeBron was meant to be LeBron. Jordan was meant to be Jordan, you know. Um, and there's certain, I mean, she was, she was meant to be this amazing model that she is. Maybe that sounds corny. Yeah. I don't know. I just, but does that kind of make sense? I, I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does at all. I think people try to, uh, sometimes I think the term cook sounds bad when you put it next to chef but cook yeah. doesn't i don't think that is a bad thing sometimes embracing who you are you know and not to take this i guess take it back to a sports analogy but you know had phil jack jackson not ever been a halfway decent basketball player he would have never been the best coach there's ever been mm, i know yeah. so and I think she's probably doing that same. Well, I mean, I can't speak for what she did as as a ballet dancer, but obviously she's taking what she learned there and parlaying that into this next part of her career. And I think it's it's impressive. So Yeah. I'm excited to see what she's going to do next. I mean, all the things that she mentioned in the podcast, there's a ton of things, a lot of projects and a lot of, you know, things that are going to impact the industry a ton. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed how she kind of shared her vision, her long-term vision. Um, and then, you know, just, I, I think if a photographer were to listen, maybe they would get a better understanding of what it's like to be on that side of the camera. And for any model hopefuls, you know, they can truly, 
you know, hopefully see the the other side, you know, more than just doing that one shoot, you know, to have vision of what the big picture plan is. Hopefully that leads to, you know, models kind of reevaluating their their game plan. Um, Because I think a lot of people, they shoot just because it's fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are some people that 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 don't know what the potential is. Um, And she, you know, Leticia definitely demonstrated uh, what's what can happen if you put your your brain towards towards a goal. Oh, yeah. I thought I, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me was the fact that she didn't wait. That it wasn't this, you know, she became a model and then, and I think I asked her something about that in, in the chat too, was she became a model and jumped on opportunities. You know, oh, there yeah, wasn't was this key. delay, yeah. you know, that, oh no, I need to put in all this time and, you know, with all this doubt and stuff that a lot of us, I, you know, me, I put off stuff for years. So it's, it was impressive for me to see her just be like, nope, I got it. I know what I know and I'm going to figure it out, the rest out along the way. I think I thought that was pretty dope. Man, could you imagine how your life would be different if you had the same mentality? Like if there was opportunity and instead of overanalyzing, instead of second guessing, instead of you know trying to have all the answers up front, what would have happened if you just did it? Oh man, I think that's, isn't, isn't that really the, we talk about secret sauce. Isn't that really like this, like the secret sauce I would say right there, mm, because yeah. once you, it's not about knowing, and I talk about this a lot with the people that I coach, but it's not about, you don't need to know the answer to a problem that you may come up against. You need to yeah. have trust in yourself and the confidence that you'll be able to figure it out. You know? mm. And that's. So yeah, had, had a lot of us had the confidence a long time ago that we'll figure it out and not expect that we need to know it before we get there. I imagine how far we'd be. Strong. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I'm super happy with how the, the chat went. And, uh, for those of you listening, I hope that you stick around until the end. Uh, cause at the end you can hear Anthony tell Leticia that he hates ballet. So hopefully you, uh, stick around for the conversation and, uh, enjoy the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. Bracey Lee here. I'm with my co-host, Anthony Burton, who is based out of Northern California. And we have a very special guest today. Our guest is most likely the most famous, well-known international fine art models on the entire planet. Is that a good way to, to describe that, Ant? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little jealous of the intro, though, so... Well, I tried to give you some good words, but I, I, they were you know, we're, we're in the presence of amazingness. And, you know, unfortunately, Anthony makes you look like uh, like like very minuscule. But <laughs> we're going to try to help. The whole goal of this podcast is to get you some some lessons on how to stretch. Because as an older gentleman, because you're in your 60s, it, the importance of flexibility and making sure that your body is in tune with nature is really key when you're at your age. Because it's either that or it's... You know what, ginkgo biloba or or uh, what's the other what's the other medicine that you take? Uh, we keep talking about age. Is there another person here I don't see? Because no, uh, we are talking what? about you. We'll, oh, we'll no, come then. back to that. That's that's <laughs> okay. the next episode. Right. We'll come back to that. But we okay. have, and I'm going to slaughter this the pronunciation. Oh, well, Ant, you you said it better than I did. Leticia. This is it. <laughs> did I do it? That's correct. Oh, I'll take it. You said it in like a like you're trying. You said it a little bit too, like, boudoir-ish. Leticia. Leticia. Now it sounds like that... you had a lisp. Say it one more time. <laughs> Leticia. 
Uh, Leticia. Now, now I'm second guessing myself. I, I think it's pretty. <laughs> thought it was pretty easy. <laughs> Leticia. <laughs> so. it, is he saying it right? Because I said it wrong. Yeah, he said it right. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, one point for Ant. Um, <laughs> Leticia, where where are you currently based right now? So I'm French, but I'm based in Spain, and I obviously do travel a lot for my photography. You travel a ton. You are always in a different country, different city. How, how many cities have you gone? Or let's let's talk about twenty twenty two. How many cities did you hit in twenty twenty two? Oh, I didn't count in cities. I've counted in shoots and countries. I think seventeen countries. And wow, over three hundred shoots. Um, over three hundred three hundred shoots in one year. Yeah, that wow. isn't. That's yeah, amazing. because I have shoots. Which I have days when I when I travel, where I do four shoots a day, or mm-hmm. it's possible. Uh, how do you do it? How do you? Because your shoots, I'm going to guess, are not super low energy because you're probably holding some really strenuous poses and you're flexing all the muscles and you're doing. You know, posing is hard. Posing. Yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't seen Anthony do his posing videos, like he almost breaks his back because he'll he'll pop his arch and he'll. He'll try to bend back. He's not very flexible, but he, he gets tired easily. But four shoots in a day. Yeah, I can. I pose up to eight hours a day. That's my limit. Oh my goodness! Eight, is eight hours of posing? Yeah, eight hours of posing, like shooting, posing. Um, yeah. Wow. Do you need like a recovery day or anything like that? I know, because I do. <laughs> So. When I travel and shoot, um, I I try to schedule myself a half day off or mm-hmm. and a full day off during the week. Mm. Is it tough to shoots. Is it tough to stay like limber in between the shoots, or do you? Is there a lot of stretching, or is the shoots? Do the shoots itself kind of keep you as limber as you need to be? I mean, some of the stuff you do is. Uh, I mean, it's better than what I do. We'll just say that. <laughs> just yeah, when, I, when I shoot full day and a lot, then well, the shoots are my workouts. That's how I would mm-hmm. say. Okay. Because people ask me, how do you keep in shape? I'm like, well, just look at my photos and you understand. <laughs> because if you do that hours a day, you kind of helps to keep in shape. But, um, but actually to keep the body itself, uh, you need more than just the posing from the shoots. I don't need to work out to, yeah. How often are you working out? Well, that depends also on how much I shoot. But um, (laughs) on a day when I don't shoot, I will go at least two hours to the gym, which includes strength training and stretching. Wow. So 17 different countries, 300 shoots in 2022, uh, based out of Spain. So in between shoots, do you go to a country and then go back to Spain? to kind of recuperate and then do you travel a lot of back and forth or do you go from country to country to country? Yeah, I'm, I'm for mental health. <laughs> I could try to come back home. I yeah. feel like um, when I go, when I travel more than three weeks out of home, I, I'm losing it. I need to come back to the base and reset. Um, a little homesick probably. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to just you know, be in my bed, be in my house. Um, even if it's for two or three days, it's kind of like I need the reset. I can't think of just being 
going for more than three weeks. Mm. I've done that um, in 2021 and I've learned my mistake and now I schedule myself always back home. <laughs> nice. So I have a question. A lot of your shots are insane. I mean, they are, when I look at them, you know, it's what I love about looking at your work is when you look at a shot and say, how can a human bend that way? Or how can somebody hold this pose? Or how can somebody, you know, do this while balancing on that while showcasing, you know, the, the muscles on the back at the same time? It, it's truly a skill. You know, it, it's an amazing skill set you have. Do you find that the majority of your shoots, are you coming up with a pose? Or is it the majority where the photographer has an idea in mind and then you're kind of trying to fit into their vision? What, what, what do you find is the most common uh, situation? Um, I would say it depends on the skill of the photographer of where they are at in their photography. Because when they are kind of on the amateur level, and still not so confident with their gear and their lights, they really give me, they, they don't care about poses. They can't right. care about poses in the way they cannot, they cannot direct a model because they are so like into their gear. They're right. like, um, they're like checking their buttons and changing constantly their light settings and their flashes and they don't <laughs> they just can't think about posing a model so that's also the why I get a lot of bookings because they know that when they are booking me I will take care about the poses mm. and they have this out of their mind um, but I do like to shoot with more skilled photographer which uh, direct me because yeah. I find that it's challenging me. It's moving me out of my comfort zone. I get to, like I always say, the photographer is my mirror. Like when you're a dancer, normally you dance in front of a mirror and you can correct yourself. Where at the shoot, I think the photographer is the mirror. And mm. it's great to get feedbacks. It's great to, he sees um, things I don't see. I don't know the angle he has. I don't know the lens he has, what he's seeing. So getting direction from a photographer is great. I love yeah. those type of shoots because then it's a real collaboration and the photo is made by two people. Mm. <laughs> and it's a real yeah, treat when this can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you ever, so do you ever find yourself not liking and an idea that a photographer sets up for you you're like mm, you know I, I do say no sometimes yeah yeah um, i i don't feel it or i don't see that being in the good dark going in a good direction or mm -hmm. um yeah i do say no but i'm <clears throat> i'm quite like i like to prepare my shoots and make sure we're on the same page prior to shoots is happening so usually that phase is happening prior to shoot not so much at the studio once we are mm. in the studio we end up on the same page and we know what what we want and what we um aiming to get mm -hmm. yeah has it always been that way or is that something that you started implementing after shooting for a few years um no i i always was really strict about um, having some kind of mood boards and things prior to the shoot because I didn't want photographer to expect things from me um, at the studio. And it's my way of 
<laughs> it's a really good way of removing the fake photographers, <laughs> sneaky, mm. weird <laughs> photographers yeah. out of the way. Because when you start asking them questions about details, about shoots, they, they just, they don't know what to answer usually. Right. So that's a really good way to scan out, get rid of the fake photographers which just want to have a nude girl in front of them. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's, so what I'm hoping for this podcast is that not only photographers listen, but hopeful um, models or those, you know, athletes who want to get, have photo shoots. Because, yeah, because there's... The guy with the camera out there. Have to yeah, be there's careful. tons. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there is an overabundance of male photographers in the fitness industry. Um, and the, the percentage of females to male, it's such a, such a wide gap. And, you know, the thing about fitness photography is you're dealing with a lot of athletes that, you know, they put in a lot of time and effort to make their, their physiques, you know, transform from point A to point B. And, you know, a photo shoot is, is something that, most fitness athletes should do because there is such a huge shift. You know, it's a it's an amazing accomplishment what people can do when it comes to transforming themselves inside and out. Um, and so in that a lot of athletes want to have photo shoots. There's a lot of people that do photo shoots with people that uh, don't have their best interests at heart. A lot of people that just like you said, just want to see, you know, uh, a female in front of them. And, you know, if it's up to them, they'd say oh, bring less less is more you know and you want to show off your body because you've done so much and you know yeah just more baby oil take off everything and you know and i shoot a lot of you know artistic nudes i shoot a lot of you know oh glam i i shoot a lot of people to showcase their physique uh there's a lot of people that do it for different reasons you know and so i think the important thing that leticia just mentioned for those of you listening at home is you need to have a game plan. You need to have an idea of what you want to get out of the shoot, and then you have to have that communication to make sure that, you know, there are zero questions. You know, you know what to expect. They know what you're looking for and what you're expecting. Um, because a lot of times, at least in the United States, I think a lot of uh, models, a lot of females are scared to say no. They're scared to, uh, to be vocal about what they're comfortable with and what they're not. Um, and it's it's really sad because there are horror stories that come out every single day about somebody that had a horrendous experience. Are things different in Europe? You know, because I'm I know that you've traveled in in the United States quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, are the photographers different in Europe compared to America? I find it is it works the same way. It yeah, and the the way of photographing, the way of approaching, it's it's the same all around the world, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it's not changing. Um, yeah. Is there a difference in um, in how people uh, react to the human body? You know, because in America, we're a lot of people are prudish in in America. You know, if you show too much ankle, you're gonna offend somebody. If you show a little bit too much <laughs> neck, you're you're going to hell, you know. And whenever I've gone over to Europe, you know, they have, it seems like life is a little bit more carefree, you know. Uh, people go on holidays all the time, which, you know, there's no such thing in America. I mean, you want to take two days for vacation? How dare you? I want to replace you, you know. So the, the European mentality is way different. 
So yeah, like you know, in Spain, for example, um, being topless on the beach is normal. Like yeah. you're kind of weird if you're actually not topless on, in Spain on the beach. So regular yeah. girls are just usually in G-string and topless. Um, so yeah, yeah, in Europe, we're more open to skin and it's fine. <laughs> like all yeah. Germany, you go to the sauna, you like, and it's normal. Mm -hmm. And Scandinavia too. So, Do you prefer I to think shoot? that's more of an American hang-up, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does Well, it's seem because like we have Big Macs. We have La, La Big Mac <laughs> yeah. with cheese. And that's yeah. re has resulted in a little bit of uh, extra hibern hibernation material. No comments. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we just need to start uh, trying to work uh, alongside Leticia. And we'll start doing some of these photo shoots and some of these, you know, uh, as, as the models. And then that way we can get our workouts in. And then we can become more. No, I don't know. No. no. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, almost, I have, I'm, I broke my back just like stretching. I was going to say, you look, you look like you need a little Ben Gay already. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a little bit uh, too much pain on my side. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Europe. I love Europe. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate to have been able to travel over to, uh, uh, to that side of the world a few times. And uh, so many things are different. I mean, the way that people engage with you, the way that uh, people view others you know it's it's a such a humongous shift do you notice this is kind of a non-photography model a question do you notice a big difference in uh how you are received um in america versus europe oh well i would say americans are more they're more playing it fake <laughs> she's talking to you Aunt. Like everybody seems so happy and so like um even though they are not so mm -hmm. that's, that's the problem in the u.s you never know where people are like big faking their emotions and faking um yeah that's what i would i find different when i go so if if somebody if did not like you Europe, we really smile because we mean to smile where in usa people are like smiling for not, mm. <laughs> not no reason, but they, they just. I've got a um, I've got somebody I'm coaching, and she's from Russia, from Ukraine, actually, and she's very um. I don't know her 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 the way she carries herself is very rigid. We'll just say that, and um, sometimes I'll ask her a question, and I'm used to like the American response, you know, <laughs> like the kind American response, and she'll come back and. Like she'll floor me with her, and I'm like taken back. She'll say something, and it'll sound so rude. But in her mind, it's just this is just the answer. Like she doesn't mean anything, right? It's just the answer. It's just the way it is. And then I have to get myself out of my feels and recognize that this was all me being offended, not her. When I'm so. in US, people always think I'm I'm sad or I'm something's wrong with me. Like, are you okay? Because I'm I'm just not over smiling. Mm -hmm. or over mm. I always get that question. Are you okay? You look, you look sad. You look, are you okay? <laughs> That's interesting. That you know, I can actually see that too. You know, I, I've worked with uh, people that were um, from the European block as well, and I actually I dig it. I love the honesty because I mean, they'll come up and somebody will say something uh, like, "Yeah, I feel so out of shape," 
And then, you know, somebody that's their friend, oh, you're going to be fine. You just got to, you know, keep at it and you're going to do amazing. And, oh, you got this, you know, and they're very trying to be uplifting. Whereas a, a European would say, well, it's because you're lazy. You're fat, <laughs> you know, and it's blunt and it's to the point. And, and it's it's such a shock. I'm like, what did you? That's offensive. Did you just call me lazy? And and I'm like, well, you are because you're 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 not doing anything. And I, I like the bluntness. I like the, you know, don't waste time trying to make someone else feel fluffy on the inside, you know, anyway, but no. And you're lazy and you're fat. <laughs> okay. Babushka. I'm trying to become Mood more. Breaker. Like Mood breaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I, I hate, I hate to turn this into photography, but I'm looking at your page. And one of the things that, that I've been a fan of, and maybe it's because I've got some background like in real estate photography and, and stuff is how you incorporate your pose into the environment, like into, you know, whether you're next to a piano or whether you're next to a staircase or something like that, you're able to, con I mean, contort yourself essentially into poses that that I don't know where you're coming up with these things, you know, like I, there's, you know, your typical go-tos, but then when you walk up into another situation, you're like, and I'm wondering like, how, how do you see these things? Yeah. I always try to, whenever it's a location shoot and I get even outdoors, I even like with rocks or like you said, with a piano, a staircase, a wall, like I try to match myself into the environment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I try to do and I don't know I have some kind of like mind about composition like when I see something I'm like oh I'm gonna go there and do that and that's going to match that like I have this thing about lines and curves and I <laughs> I always need to create some lines and curves and I try to uh, match them to to the location have you had do you have a do you have something you've always wanted to do somewhere you've always wanted to shoot or somewhere that you feel like you could just pull off something that you haven't done before? I don't know. I, I, well, if I haven't seen it, I can't say because I haven't seen it. <laughs> You're like, I was just in 17 countries. So <laughs> what, what, ha what haven't I done? <laughs> so. no, I've been in 86 in total. Oh my gosh. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah, there, there are some things like top of some buildings, iconic buildings, some mm -hmm. um, could go all around the world and just shoot iconic buildings. <laughs> or yeah, I love to shoot on the beach. I love like Yeah. Rocks. So I think that means that you're gonna join us in Costa Rica in June. Oh. <laughs> I, I think that's what I think that was a, a verbal commitment just right there. That's what it sounded yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in America, verbal is binding. So that's, you know, so that means that it is 100. Okay, you heard it here, everybody. Uh, Leticia is going to be joining us in Costa Rica in June of 2023. You've, you've heard it here first. Yeah, and she's going to teach Ant how to do uh, a backbend. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, done. Uh, uh, my day is I can't is wait amazing. to see that reel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so when you look at a location and you say, oh, I love the lines in here and you come up with a pose in your in your head that would fit that location. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's called vision, you know, and it uh, certain models have it and certain photographers have it. 
a large, a vast majority, I think, do not. I think a lot of people have a technical skill because photography is the the technical piece of photography is very black and white. You know, get the exposure. It's all math. Press a button. Comp even composition is 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 fairly textbook ish. Mm -hmm. But when you can find something and then have a vision of what you would like to do in that location as a model or as a photographer, that's vision. You know, to me, it's a difference between being a good cook and a chef. A lot of people can cook. Very few are going to have their own restaurants. Do you think that vision as a model is something that you can teach to somebody else? Mm, I don't think so. I think it's something you have out of life experience and yeah, I, I don't know how, how, I, how, I don't see how it could be taught. Um, no, I don't see. But yeah. yeah, something about lines and curves and proportions and <laughs> it's hard to explain. But some things they make sense when you when you when you envision them, they just make sense. Um, but you know, to one, explain it and teach it. <laughs> one of the things that that I uh, actually respect most about what you do, you know, I I'm obsessed with lines. I, I'm obsessed. I'm very OCD, you know, when it comes mm -hmm. to, to photography. Um, I, used to, I used to manage restaurants before photography. And uh, I remember I was at, a, uh, at one of my stores. And when you're setting up the restaurant, you know, you have the tables and the chairs. And I'd always go in and push all the tables in. And I'd always line up all the chairs. So if you stand out by the side, it's a straight line. And to me, it was so aesthetically pleasing. It's, it's just everything looks calm. And uh, one of my assistant managers would come in and I'd say, hey, can you go clean up the dining room? And she'd go in and she would you know, push in a chair with her hip and she'd walk by really fast. And it looked, looked like people with messed up teeth. I'm like, what the hell did you just do? Push in the chairs. And she goes, I did. Push in the chairs. That looks like a nightmare. I mean, come stand in my from my spot. Look, and she said it looks fine to me. I'm like, are you, are you, really? And so some people just don't have the the OCD factor, you know. One thing that I I appreciate most about what you do is I'm trying to figure out how I why I went in that direction of that story. Um, not only do you have you know amazing images where you have that that needs to make everything flawless you know but you have a need also to share the info with others because you have a coaching group yeah or you have like a uh, a program where you're you're sharing you know how how you do what you do yeah i just started um the art model academy um i had quite a lot of models reaching to me on my instagram and asking me questions about about the freelance modeling, about how to how to book shoots, how to deal with photographers, how to travel and create art, and um, and I it's actually almost two years. I have quite a lot of people writing to me about this, and I was like, okay, like and now I I feel like it's the moment for me to share all of that. I've gathered a lot of knowledge in the past five years, and um, I think it's the time to share. So I've launched it 
<laughs> so what's your well, one? How can people uh, sign up for it? Um, how can they be part of it? What will they expect to get from it? Um, and then what is your uh, big picture goal? So to find it um, for right now on Instagram, um, Art Model Academy, and then the website, artmodelacademy.com. And um, so right now what I'm teaching, I'm teaching the more <clears throat> the marketing side, the social media marketing side, because I found um, you can be the greatest model, you can be the most beautiful person, but if you don't have the visibility and you don't know how to handle the social media part, nobody's going to know about you and nobody's going to book you. And <laughs> you can sit in your home and be beautiful and talented, but <laughs> as far as it goes. So um, actually to be a successful freelance model, you don't need marketing skills and online marketing, uh, especially. Um, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm trying to um, to teach now models because a lot of them are really good and talented. But when I I can see their way they're running their social media, I'm like, oh, this could be so improved. She could be so much more booked. She could be, um, yeah, she could be so much more. Um, so I feel like I have things to teach when it comes to this because I've managed to grow my own social media. Um, yeah, up to hundred k in quite a short time and I have uh, a lot of engagement and I have managed to monetize my my fans um, with my big platforms with um, selling books selling prints and calendars so all this business side of the of the modeling I have a lot to teach <laughs> what I'm, I, I get fascinated with business brains, you know, uh, there's something about the entrepreneurial mindset. That's me is it's, I could listen to entrepreneurs talk all day long. I just love business. You know, I, mm -hmm. I love when people, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's because they're not wasting time because time is so short, you know, on this planet mm -hmm. life. I mean, this is going to, yeah, life is very fragile and we were reminded of that daily you know, with everything going on in the world. And so those who maximize every single second, those who maximize every opportunity, to me, I'm like, yes, I love being around that energy because it's energy based on doing, you know, progress, growth, success, you know, uh, building an empire, if that's what people want to do. Um, have you always had that? Or is that something that just one day you said, hmm, I want to do something different? No, I mean, I always had that disciplined lifestyle because of the ballet um i've been in the most prestigious ballet school at age nine and if you didn't give it all and do it all you're out <laughs> so mm. i am yeah that's the my ballet side is is never gonna be gone it's it's just in me so when i do something i do it something 1000 percent. if i if not i don't do it mm. so, did you learn that did, from ballet yeah. yeah. Did you know going into this that you were that you weren't going to I don't mean this just a model, but you were going to do more than just model. Did you have that kind of plan going into this or was did you just did you start modeling and then start to realize other avenues that you can kind of uh capitalize on, I guess? 
yeah, I mean, at, at first I was never even thinking of modeling. That's, that's, that's the, like if five years ago somebody would tell me you're going to be a model, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it was not even something which crossed my mind. I was dancing, I was performing as an acrobat, and I was happy, and I was really good at what I was doing. Never thought about modeling until one photographer reached to me, a fine art photographer, and wanted to do a ballet shoot and an aerial hoop shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he we did beautiful photos. He started posting the photos, I started posting the photos, and then did a big snowball effect when he posted because all the fine art photographers started reaching out to me and wanted to do the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> wanted to get those amazing fine art photos. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I was like amazed about how they could capture my body with the light. I was I was so amazed and I was like, okay, I'm in the peak shape of my life in my with my body. If more people want to picture it and let's do it. It's now or never, right? Yeah. So I, I just I kind of cruised the wave that what that's how it happened. And I took all the opportunities um of the photographer which reached out to me and and then yeah, it was on the go. Um I got more offers, then I saw, oh, I could do that. Oh, people started asking about calendar. Okay, I'll go do a calendar. Mm-hmm. People started asking, wow, your photos are so good. You should do a book. Okay, I do a book. <laughs> so yeah. I just, um, I went with the demand. It was demand for photo- from photographers. It was demand from fans. It was demand for products. So I, yeah, I did what they asked for. <laughs> good problem to have. <laughs> So, um, How many years have you been uh, modeling? Yeah, my first, th- that shoot was in June 2018. Oh, so um, not very long at all. No, it happened, wow, everything did. happened really, really quickly. Um, wow. But really intensely too, like I said, like a, a shoot. Yeah. So Quite your very first shoot was in, in 2018. <laughs> um, when you said it was a fine art shoot, was that a, a, a RT nude shoot? The first one? Yeah, yeah, my first shoot was nude, yeah. <laughs> so is that, do you think that's because uh, of the European mindset? Because for a very first photo shoot, for a lot of people, that's like way beyond what they could even uh, consider for themselves. Yeah, but I I, I saw his work and his work is, is so artistic. Like it yeah. was no... Yeah, and he's very he's a professional photographer. So it was no question asked about you know, I knew what I would get from him with my body and right. my body ability. So I did what? ask my boyfriend and my father for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh that was the two person which concerned me, which had to yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. And they both agreed and I said beyond that I don't care anyone what they think <laughs> did you have to kind of i know you said that you didn't care beyond your your boyfriend and your dad um was there a little bit of the wanting to keep your identity private or or, or hidden for a while yeah like well the the style of this photographer is anyway is faceless yeah oh. he, he doesn't have any faces on his uh, art nude photos he wants to keep them impersonal Mm-hmm. And for that's the reason for um, it's because of prints. He found that people buy more prints when they are impersonal. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, so all the photos I got from him were faceless. So at the beginning, when I started posting, I had a no face portfolio. <laughs> right. <laughs> For a long, long time, I had nobody took picture of me with my face. Um, I was just the body. Um, so. And so then, that and was not by design. That. That was... I was like, I was, yeah, I had this question. I was like, oh, I'm nude. I don't want it in my face. So. Or I think like two, three months I was shooting, all my shoots were faceless. Yeah. And then people started asking, why there's no face? Why there's no face? <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. You should have portraits and this and that. So after it was like photographer were like, oh, I can see in your portfolio, you have no face photos. So they wanted to add something to my portfolio and um, we added the face. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know for my own uh, uh, RT shoots, I prefer to do face faceless as well because there's something about you know I don't want someone to to enter somebody's home and where they see a picture of themselves on the wall, you know there's there's this thing and maybe it's just an American thing, you know if there's no identity then people can appreciate it for what it is they can say amazing lines that physique you know well, that's a beautiful piece of work, but once you tie in the face then it's like. Oh, I see you're naked. I can see your butt, you know, and it makes it too almost personal, you know. So I like to keep mm -hmm. it where it's more anonymous. But I, I noticed that, you know, in your older work, there was um, there were zero faces. And then mm -hmm. over the, you know, recently I saw, you know, I, I've seen a few like headshot sessions that you've done or like beauty portraits. And then yeah. I started noticing a lot more of your face being shown. And I'm like, hmm, that's a nice, nice shift. It adds uh it, then it becomes more about you as a brand, you know, and I thought that yeah, was a brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Very brilliant. Um, how, where can people find your book and your calendar? Well, on my, on my website, so leticiamodel.com. Um, I have a shop, uh, online store section, all the products are there. So what is the life of Leticia going to be like if you fast forward five years? What are you going to be doing? I wish to know that. <laughs> I wish to answer this question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, think I would love, love, love to have my Art Model Academy to be huge and um, being teaching all aspiring models about uh, freelance modeling. That's right now my, my big goal. It's a good goal. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still I'm still stalking your page. You just have so much good. You have great work. I've I if I were to be 100% honest, I have used your work for inspo. And uh, oh, I'm yeah. glad. I can. Yeah. It's the best compliment I can get. I like when people write, "No, you inspire me." I went twice to the gym today because of your photos. I was like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I haven't gone twice to the gym, but I have tried to get people to try to do some poses like you, which uh, it doesn't work out as well very often. But it's a it's a great to aspire for. Sometimes uh, I have models writing to me, "Oh, you 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 were on my mood board today." Oh no, I met you on mood board. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that, that I find most fascinating is when you can spend time with people that are truly masters of their craft. Um, one of one of the, I have a, a tattoo on my, my left shin 
And it was a, a, one of those where you pick a number on the wall and then they stick it on your leg and then they just they tattoo it. So there was zero art behind it. It was uh, not my, my wisest choice I've done in my life, but it was, you know, I think I was 18. So it was my way to rebel against, you know, whatever. And then I went to, uh, to another guy to get a sleeve to cover up my second mistake tattoo. And so, you know, he did a drawing and I, I love my tattoos, you know. But the amount of skill that that particular artist did, it was way better than my first and my second. But compared to my most recent, there was a humongous shift. The guy that did, you know, was my current sleeve on my other arm. I asked him, I said, you know, for a black and gray tattoo, how many shades of gray do you see? Because to me, I see black and gray. I see two shades. And he would say... Mm, seven, eight, nine, and it blew my mind, you know, because he would look at different, you know, tattoos, like, you know, the, the true masters of, you know, of tattoos, mm-hmm. the shading factor, you know, and hiding elements and, you know, just the, it's amazing when you watch someone that is truly a master with what they do. And I still, I, I look at tattoos, I'm like, I still see black and gray. I don't see anything else. I don't see any other shades. I just see, you know, they say like dogs see in black and white. And I don't know if that's been debunked, but to me, I'm like, I see black and gray. So when you're posing, when you're moving, because I ask photographers, what are you thinking of? And there are some photographers that see black and gray. They only see two things. And then some, they see magic and they see potential. They see meaning, purpose. They, they feel the image. You know, they, they, they can truly breathe when they're creating photography. As a model, when you're posing, because I can just visualize you getting into a pose when you when you take in the atmosphere or the environment, and then you do a move, and then just the art of exhaling. The exhale is intentional to bring out certain features, but then also to contort your body, to get your stretch to be just a little bit further of a stretch than a regular stretch. What goes on inside of your, your mind as you're in the moment of creating? Yeah, there's a lot of little muscle twitching and angles. Um, There's so much to... I don't think about anything crazy in my mind, but I'm just like being so present and with my body and adjusting angles, adjusting little movements. Yeah, that's... that's some, Some people sometimes they see some of my more like let's say boudoir sensual photos and they're like oh my god what did you think about in this moment <laughs> like what did I think about I was like squeezing my back muscles and then correcting my hands and mm. I was looking at the angle of the light and trying to be like where I should be and you know and they think that I'm thinking about some <laughs> some sexy things but not really <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much going on in the studio or in locations when you're shooting it's um yeah, that's interesting that really because it highlights I, the difference between those who do things well and those who have mastered a craft. You know, I think it's because those who who do things well, they think that there's you know all this stuff going on when the master's like, no, I'm I'm, I'm doing you know, I'm doing a lot, multitasking right? all these different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was when you have like a more experienced model, like I. I always see photographers setting up their lights and 
to be honest now with the experience i can pose in a way to mess up the lights and i can pose in the way to make the lights better <laughs> i'm so but glad you said that because it's it's like a millimeter of adjustment under a light you can you just twitch the photo like the model is doing the photo at the end i think like the lights are there yes you did good job but if i'm staying a bit back there you don't have it if i'm staying here you <laughs> I can give mm -hmm. it to you if you're nice <laughs> so that right there so <laughs> so both anthony not and i we do uh photography coaching and uh, he's got his his group of uh, mentees and i've got a group as well and one thing that uh, I know, I'm sure he does as well. One thing I talk about is I can tell when a model knows what they're doing. Because one of the, the first questions I ask when somebody comes in, I'm like, hey, how many times have you shot? And, you know, and when you have someone that says, oh, I shoot a lot, then I'm like, more than 50? Oh, yeah. More than 100? Oh, yeah. You shot a lot, a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I take that first shot. And then shot number two, and I can see that they have no idea where the key light is. And their face is turning over there because they're going through their usual posing routines. And after one or two frames, okay, you don't know what you're doing. You've been shot a lot, but you don't know how to model with the light. That list of models who actually can pay attention to where the light is and can make those micro adjustments and who know their angles of their face and their body and they know the direction of light, those are models I'm like, Oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? Because <laughs> it makes the the shoots truly focused on just creating, you know? And it's just about, let's do something that we've never done before, you know? And let's, you know, if it's crazy, it's crazy. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, it takes all the expectation and just opens yourself up for just creating. And it's one of the most amazing moments that you can have when you work with a model that that can can match. Just like you said, it's like, it's a mirror, you know, when a model can be a mirror to what's in your brain and when a photographer can be a mirror to, you know, for what is in the model's brain, man, it's when some amazing stuff can happen. Yeah. yeah majority think, models, they just, they just no. move their heads. I think when you can both stop thinking about the, the tech part of it, you know, like you had mentioned earlier, Leticia, when you see a photographer and they're looking at their camera, you know, and they're looking at their gear and they're, you know, trying to figure that out. Like that's, that's all work and knowledge that should have been picked up before the shoot ever even started. You know, like that's like asking you to start working out or stretching at the shoot. You know, mm -hmm. it makes no sense. You know, when you could both know what you're supposed to be doing before you show up to the shoot, then it just, yeah, I, I, yeah, you just, you just flow better. The shots just, uh, it just makes a difference. Oh. And how many models have you worked with that have kind of arrived with that kind of, um, experience level and, and, uh, mastery of, of modeling? That experience that when I'm trying to be careful, I say this cause I want to be nice. Um, it's very few who pay attention to where I'll just say it's very few who pay attention to where the lights are. Uh, when that's, that's just not common there. In fact, it's a lot of them nowadays are so used to being social media models that it's just this constant staring at the camera, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 <laughs> no, let's, let's stop this now. I know. Um, yeah, I would say that's, it's, it's probably the same percentage of photographers that actually take their job as real, you know, as legit, you know, when it comes yeah. to models. So 
I can see that. I would, I'd agree with that too. Cause I've seen a lot of photographers post work where, you know, I, I say I've shot that model before and I know what her features are. And that image looks nothing like the model. And it's not because of Photoshop. It's not because of liquify It's because of the angle, the angles wrong, you know? And then I ask myself, well, wait a minute, am I being dumb? Because is beauty in the eye of the beholder, you know? If I see something as beautiful with this angle, like a chin down, for example, whereas somebody else prefers a chin up, you know, I, I've, I've had, well, I've realized after many years of being stubborn that, you know, to some people, chin down looks better. And then to some people, just like with food, some people like spicy, some people like sweet, you know, it maybe it's a preference thing. But, well, let me ask that question to you. Uh, Leticia, do you think that, um, say one of the favorite images you've done, right? And say there's a shot where uh, your your face is down or where your face is up. Well, maybe that's a bad example. Do you think that a beautiful shot for you um, is the 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 true beauty of that put, of, of that image? Whereas if you saw another shot where you said, oh, the angles, the lines are all wrong, you know, there's something that does not make me feel good about looking at the image. But if that person were to say, no, that's my favorite image, and to them, it's their favorite, is there a right wrong, a right person or a wrong person, or are both correct? Well, it, I would say it depends to the type of posing, but um, in my in my in my situation when i'm posing yoga and ballet and things which are there is right and wrong mm. and if it's shot in the wrong angle there is a wrong <laughs> so um it's actually i have it in my contract i approve all my photos before they are published because mm. You can be a photographer, you can be the best photographer in the world, but you have not finished a ballet degree and you don't know what is a wrong or right position. So I I do approve all my poses. Everything what goes out there has been through me. Wow. So um, there is, I, I do approve the right and wrong every day <laughs> when I receive uh, photos. I'm glad you said that because I was... I thought I was going to be the the hard headed one to say yes, there is a right, <laughs> there is a wrong, there is a, you know, but no, but uh, there is a wrong. There, when I see something, sometimes I'm like, no, you know, saying no, I say no a lot. I'm not post. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah. you catch it, you caught it, but wrong angle. Sorry, but because of that, mm, the condition, I do. Uh, speak about that condition prior to my shoots and of course photographers have to agree for it and some don't and if they don't i don't shoot that's my condition and yeah. um, i'm just trying to bring my skill set into the the photography and if they can't appreciate it then they don't <laughs> it's, it's fine with me um but it's, it's 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 really important. They are right and wrong angles when it comes to certain poses and certain skills of posing. I agree, one hundred percent. I thought I was just being like a little bit of a jerk, to be honest. Because I look at some pictures, I'm like, oh, their toe just needs to be pointed. A little sometimes bit more to the left. they do try to argue with me and say, but I love that photo. It's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that happening a lot. Uh, I can, I can see that. Mm. 
Leticia, you are um, you are definitely a a a master of your craft. Uh, you have shown that you uh, you know I can see that you are a perfectionist. Yeah, you're that's perfectionist. You know. <laughs> The whole ball, I think. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you've seen in the industry that that kind of troubles you? Anything that you wish, if you could wave a magic wand and say, erase all of ding selective color images. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something that you wish you could uh, leave your thumbprint on? So when you retire, when you hang up your ballet shoes, you know, if the industry has changed, if any anything shifted due to your influence, what would you hope that that would be? I wish that more photographers understand how to shoot ballet. Mm. Well, on that note, and I so think I'm going to create a course for it. To be honest, yeah, I, because brilliant. I have, yeah, I'm basically when I'm shooting ballet, I'm kind of doing a mini workshop with photographers because of how much there is to look at and how to shoot it. <laughs> have you There's ever this... done photography? Myself. Yeah. I have a camera. I did buy a Canon a few years ago. Um, Team Canon. There we go. Good. That makes <laughs> you pro already. <laughs> but I'm at the moment. I'm not using. I'm using it more to record videos and behind the scenes things like this. Um, not using it to actually take photos. Not I, using it yet. No, I'm using my iPhone more to take photos. <laughs> and I. Like oh, that's offensive! Take- oh my god. <laughs> you just caused me some pain. Sorry, <laughs> but I that's, when that's I see a... something, like I see, like oh wow, this is a cool angle and a cool building, and I'm walking in some, or in in New York, for example, and I'm like, oh, that is a great light with that building, and I'm like, I have to catch it. So I have those moments happening sometimes. <laughs> so. Mm. so you're not saying no. So you can see being on the other side of the of the lens, one day. I think I've learned a lot shooting. I've learned a lot about angles. I've learned a lot about uh, lens, mm-hmm. uh, type of lens and what they achieve. Um, and yeah, about lights. I think you'd be a, a, a badass photographer because the, I think the secret sauce of photography, the secret sauce is whether or not you have vision or not. Now, when I say the secret sauce, the secret sauce to to creating images that will withstand the the test of time. Maybe that's over romanticizing, you know, what we do. There's a lot of people that take pictures, but there are very few that make or create pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like, click, 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 pretty, IG likes, share, you know? But then there are <laughs> certain images that you look at and you just stare, you're like, whoa. And then you try to figure out what the model's thinking. You know, you try to think of what the, the emotion is that the, the creator is trying to get you to, to feel. And it, it all boils down to vision. You either have it or you don't. And being someone on the other side of the lens that has vision, I think the technical skills are something that anyone that's driven can learn in, in a day. You can learn photography, how to use your camera in one day from watching YouTube. I mean, it's, it's I, I don't want to say that it is as simple as that. But it really is just due to the amount of info that is readily available on YouTube. You just have to have the willingness and, and be open enough to, to learn something new. I think if you had a camera after you spent one day on YouTube learning all the, the boring basics, the exposure triangle and all this boring stuff, I think you'd be amazed. 
with how much <laughs> you could create. Yeah. It's uh I love photography. You know, and I think yeah, I photography you. needs more people that that are that add to that contribute as opposed to just taking advantage of the opportunities that photography carries, you know. That's my little soapbox moment. I got a little email. <laughs> he gets a few of those. <laughs> so. Anything that you, um, well, 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 getting back to ballet. Sorry, there's a motorcycle outside. Uh, what would you say the most common mistake when uh, you have someone that, that does a photo shoot centered around ballet? What, what's, what are either one of or what are some of the most common mistakes that you see? Common mistake is angle. How to shoot uh, the angle of the poses. Um, the timing, understanding how long does it take to get to a peak point of a pose. Um, yeah, and sometimes actually the lighting can destroy the photo mm. if it's wrong. So when you so when you do a pose, when you're doing that pose, I'm assuming you're you're wanting a certain I don't know how to say this, but you're positioning yourself to the camera in a specific way, correct? So you when you because I've noticed that if through the through our talk today, you mentioned composure more probably more than a lot of photographers I've ever talked to. Okay. So, like directing the shoot when I'm posing ballet I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be there it's best for you to be there and I'm gonna be doing that so it's gonna be my peak point it's gonna be this you have to click in that moment like I kind of like yeah if you want a good shot that's how kind of how it has to be shot <laughs> so you know what what's facing the camera basically what 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 part of the, your body in this pose is going to be facing that camera and from what angle yeah that's interesting do you, have you ever done interpretive dance? What's that? Where it's dancing, but it's it's less rules. It's less like structure. It's more like like improvisation. A lot of improv and just a lot of random movements. It's kind of going yeah. with the flow. Yeah, I've done that. And I've done that in some shoots, and I love when we do that. So, so the question with the ballet. Uh, yeah, go ahead, sir. Ballet seems like, because um, I've done uh ballet shoots but for me i i don't like ballet shoots that sounds offensive and as i don't mean it in the way where you might have interpreted ballet is very structured it's very like this is my peak moment you know and and i appreciate the uh the requirement or the i, I appreciate the skill to learn how to do very precise movements but my favorite is when um, you combine the the experience and the skill with then the free flow. Because if you have, let's say you did uh, 10 shoots where you had the same peak moment, right? The same pose, the same movement. All 10 shoots or all 10 shots would look very similar. And it would be a proper ballet shot because you caught the peak moment. But when it, and this is where it's going to sound really offensive and you might, not like me when it's about what the artist can do on one side of the camera then it's about what that one artist can do and then it's is more so it turns into hey i need you to take a picture of me you know and it's when it's 
free-flowing. I like when you can combine ballet with uh, the structure of ballet, but then the freedom of movement to where you still have to make the image look beautiful. It still has to be proper with the base, within the basics of, of ballet, but then the, the, the freedom and then the ability to create something that somebody else has not, hopefully has not made before. And I do this sometimes. It's more, um, it's more a movement shoot. So then I, is it different? Then it's different. Then I put on some music and then I just move. And then the photographer you... is catching the moment. And there is a lot of sh shoots with shots, which goes to trash, obviously, because there's a lot of wrong angles and wrong moments but when you get those special moments then they are really unique and beautiful mm. uh, i think that's what i kind of aim for mm. the the moment that is you know is more it increases the odds of that of that shot being harder to replicate you know because when you shoot something that can be easily done if you match someone that can do you know proper ballet then it it's still an amazing image, you know, and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm disrespecting um, ballet or what, what models can do. It just, there's this, this need to create something that fewer people have tried because in fitness, there's a million shots of people doing pull-ups and the boredom factor comes in so fast because I'm like, okay, do another pull-up. Okay. I get it. You know, mm -hmm. do a bicep curl. Okay. Yeah. This is original. <laughs> you know, and it, it becomes to where it just is super robotic. And the more robotic it becomes, then it almost takes away some of the, the enjoyment of creating it. Then it's not creating, it's recreating, mm -hmm. you know, and it's that point where it gets a little bit, I don't know, it, it, then it turns into a job. But a lot know? of photographers, they have this problem because they, they, for example, go through my portfolio and they're like, I want this, this and this. So I'm basically just copying myself and recreating the same photos with their well it's always unique in the way because they add their lights to it and they're editing to it but in terms of posing they're just they want that jump or they want that leg up and then i'm and i'm hired so i just have to do that pose so sometimes how does that make you feel as a as an artist yeah sometimes I've, it does feel like job because yeah. it does it doesn't feel as creative because i'm just like copying myself and this so so if you could speak to the next person that books you for a shoot or the next creative that you decide to collaborate with you know if you could speak to the next photographer that you're working with beyond what uh beyond your your usual contracts and you know the listing of the expectations what would you want them to all know about about what you deep deep down inside would hope for you know do you like to do the the okay yeah pose a b and c okay i got it do you like the efficiency factor do you like being able to go in and saying i got it i got it i got it or would you prefer to be pushed to to try something that is new to create something that you're like holy shit i didn't know that we could create that you know, which yeah, which you because from a business standpoint, efficiency is always better from a business standpoint, but from a creative standpoint, sometimes they don't balance out. I have to I think like when you're hired as a model, there is still the you have to deliver. You have to make yeah. sure that the photographer which hires 
are, is going to get good poses and poses that he can use, which I will validate. So I like to do my things which I know will be good because I'm sure he gets out of the studio with photos which are um, to be published. After, it's also good to have a moment of creativity and doing something unique because I guess for his portfolio, it's better to have something unique than just a copy of what I already have. But like I said, not every photographer is around that level where they can direct a model to create unique photos. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's interesting. I I mean, I hate to cut in here, but that's I think it's interesting because as photographers or as business owners, photo photography business owners, when I have to deliver, that's literally what I think of a shoot. When I when I come in, it's let me get the shots that I know I can get first and so I know I could deliver this to you. Mm -hmm. And then then after that cuz we could do that quick and then after that it's like okay now let's create now let's have some fun let's let's get creative and make some new things but but i feel that i really i i get that when it's like okay let me because you hired me i need to be able to give you <laughs> what you paid for first exactly. you know so yeah. yeah i feel like i need to go back and uh rewind for 5 minutes when i said that i don't ba like ballet it wasn't meant to say that i don't like ballet <laughs> Do you ever say something where in the back of your mind, you're like, wait a minute, is that what you really meant to say? So English was not my first language. So just so you know, you know, I was born in a little island called South Korea. So whenever I have these moments, I have the luxury of claiming I don't know English. Sorry, aunt. So I have that luxury. When I said I don't like ballet, what I meant was I don't like the I don't like being told what to do when it comes to creating, you know. Um, I have a, it's just, it's something when I was very little, you know, it's, it's a childhood trauma thing. We're going to get deep into psychology and stuff. Um, so when you add in the, the free flow, when there's, you know, yeah, I'm going to, we're beating a dead horse here. I think you get it. I just didn't want you to think that I was insulting what you, one of your passions. I love ballet. I've, I've seen the nutcracker don't have to love it or hate it like it's just personal if you hate it it's a problem i have no problem with that <laughs> i think i know what always, you, I, I know what you mean though because i think you were one that really kind of woke me up that to that a little bit brett is you were the one that says you know yeah when i have somebody in front of my camera i want something new i don't want something that everybody else you know has gotten and i think that's what separates actual creatives from people who are just trying to take pictures is because we're really yeah. trying to make something unique. And so, uh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think my goal is to, at the end of the day, my goal is always to have something that, that looks a little bit different than what the, the, the client or the athlete or the model had before, you know, and that's, I'm I'm usually not a big fan of of working with models that have shots, and and who have very signature looks or or poses, um, because then it's almost the photographer becomes you know irrelevant, you know it's they become lost in the ocean of other photographers, and when it's the it's it's probably like a I don't I don't want to say it's well, because the photographer's signature is their lights. Yeah, that's what I always say. Like I can do the same split or the same, but at the end of the day, it's what's going to make it unique. It's 
it's the settings and the lights of the photographer. It's the editing style. Yeah. Like it, you can mm -hmm. turn a photo in a million different ways with the same the same white background. You can <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. That that's actually very true. You can see the same pose, or that you know, multiple photographers take the same shot, or multiple models do the same pose and see different variations. You know, from both ends, you know, or from both sides. Uh, yeah, I, it does definitely come down to the individual that makes it makes it unique. If you're a photographer listening, what I would hopefully uh, urge you to do is is try to think of photography a little bit outside of what what you're you've probably been taught or what you've learned from YouTube. You know, a lot of, a lot of people that, that teach uh, photography, they teach uh, the very technical elements where it's, you know, like I said before, it's black and white. It's very do this and this. And there's a lot of, you know, validity in that because, you know, properly exposed. I mean, it's, it's you have the, the technically correct exposure or it can go for more of a high key or low key. So there's variations mm -hmm. of the proper exposure, you know. But beyond that, I think that's where a lot of people stop. You know, they think that that's the the limit of where their creativity can where their creativity can go, and it's hard to explain. I I just I hope that people try to see the emotion behind photography more. You know, beyond just the what you see aesthetically. You know, is it is the the composition good or or bad? You know, you know, there's even with posing tweaks or the the flexing or the or the the focusing on the under eye, you know, when you can feel the emotion in the image, it takes that image from being good to great. And those small, tiny, tiny shifts, you know, and then even just pulling back the shoulder a tiny bit to make it seem like you're reaching out and yearning for, for human contact. You know, it's a lot of visualizing. It's a lot of, you know, maybe I'm over romanticizing it, but I think photography, I don't know, just, there are certain images that you can feel. And, and I get this vibe when I look at Leticia's work. There are certain images when I'm like, I can feel something. But that's, you know, I can actually feel. Because sometimes you, you have a fun moment or you had a nice conversation or you had a, something happened before that photo, which makes you be in a certain mood and makes you, mm. you know. So, yeah. And what, yeah. So the connection with the photographer. When those, you have those kind of moments, you see it in the photos uh, immediately. And and the, and I will say my followers and my fans, they see it too. They're like, wow, what happened there? Like you look nice. Mm. Your something is different. And you know, it's. I mean, it's the feng shui of photography. I'm inserting my Asianness. Feng shui. <laughs> feng shui. Uh, that's how Anthony pronounces that. No, I agree. It's it's about energy. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to sell you any crystals or anything, but it's about energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer of it. Yeah. For those of you who are not watching the video, Leticia just looked at me with a blank stare, saying, "What the fuck is this guy talking about? Energies and crystals and all this stuff." <laughs> see, that's the beauty of doing like these video podcasts because you can see how they react. <laughs> I saw when I said that I didn't like ballet. She looked at me saying, "You little punk ass." I saw it. I saw it. I'm just kidding. She doesn't cuss. <laughs> Europeans don't cuss at all. You know, she's, yeah. Anyway, uh, Leticia, your skill is, uh, you are quite possibly one of the most skilled models that I've ever had the luxury of, of chatting with. 
Um, it was amazing to get some insight into what goes on inside the brain of someone that, that easily um, has tons, tons of vision. And so for that, I just want to give a, a public shout out saying that, you know, you can tell when somebody has uh, the skill to be good, but then you can tell when someone has what it takes to be great. And uh, you are purely one of the, you're easily one of the most talented models or creatives that I've ever had the, the pleasure of chatting with. Thank you. <laughs> that was pretty deep, huh? Was that, was that, that pretty good? That was. That, that yeah. was. Now, it, yeah, this now is come impromptu. around to me, Brett. Come around to me. I'm waiting for my for my. Uh, you're for lazy my compliment. and fat. You're lazy and fat. <laughs> Remember, I'm still uh, I'm still being European here. Okay. All right. All right. No. Well, yeah. Uh, anything that you want to uh, to mention? Anything that you want to? Um, uh, let, let's give your website address one more time, and then uh, chat about all the stuff you have going on, so that way the audience can be reminded of, of all of your. Uh, amazing opportunities that you're giving. Uh, my website is uh, leticiamodel.com. Um, uh, Leticia Channel Model on Instagram and uh, Leticia Model on Twitter. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, all the products can be found on my website, books, calendars, um, and then Art Model Academy. For anyone, any models out there which are willing to learn about the marketing side of uh, modeling. You know what would be a great idea to do a model seminar on the beaches of Costa Rica? Since you're already going to be there, <laughs> you know, that's, to do a model true. boot camp because there's going to be a bunch of photographers already there. So I think this is a brilliant idea. So you heard it here again first for the very first time. This is an idea that just kind of just sparked into uh, into the universe. Uh, she doesn't know it yet, but Leticia is going to be hosting a model boot camp <laughs> on the amazingly luxurious beaches of Costa Rica. Uh, you're going to have howler monkeys up in the uh, up on the, the power lines. You're going to have uh, uh, amazing uh, lizards and salamanders all crawling, you know, being your friends while you're trying to sleep. Uh, it's an it's an amazing place i love costa rica it's one of my it's probably my second favorite place that i've traveled to uh it's just the whole vibe you know the, the pura vida vibe you know when you go in the the fresh it's different than like california beaches california is is nice you know what i mean i love california costa rica beaches are refreshing they're reinvigorating it's, it gets you into a, a moment of of being at peace within yourself there's something about it and and uh, Costa Rica is known for uh, for being one with nature because they have a lot of yoga retreats. Yes. Uh, when you tie in yoga with ballet, with fine art on the beach, with uh, photographers who hate ballet, I think that's an amazing <laughs> idea. Yes. For those of you watching or not watching, uh, Leticia is. Uh, smiling so that is the international way of saying yes yes she's committed all right uh you're gonna get to see me pose too leticia i'm not i'm not half bad you're gonna oh. you like pick up a couple tips so <laughs> you just yeah and if for those not flight, watching no, not for those not watching brett wasn't laughing at that <laughs> <laughs> that was a little scary to be honest <laughs> 
Uh, Leticia, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this pod. Oh, hold on. I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. You have given tons of insight into what it's like to be a professional traveling model, uh, internationally known, and uh, someone that no doubt is going to leave a humongous thumbprint on on this amazing world that we live in inside of photography and uh, and modeling. Uh, it's, you know, I, 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 oh, I, I started that ending song too soon. I think it will be very hard to find a model who views things the same way. Um, I, I truly think that you're going to go down in history as one of the best models to ever be on that side of the camera. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, I aim again, I'm trying to make it for the whole I, ballet I aim to train aspiring models, so hopefully they will be. Some. I'm excited for that, to be honest. I'm excited to see who comes out of your, your academy and to hear the testimonials of how they viewed this industry before and then how they're prospering mm-hmm. now. Um, are you going to have in-person kind of seminars or, or workshops? Uh, or you already do? Well, now I do one-on-one calls. Uh, with some of them already, um, helping them, mentoring them a little bit, uh, helps me to understand where they're struggling and uh, how I can help. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Nice group. Nice group of people. Costa Rica. <laughs> Costa Rica. Rica de Costa. I'm. I'm sending. I'm sending. Uh, the tickets right now in the yeah. group chat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes please i i because have you been to costa rica before uh i've been i think i've been twice yeah but it was with the oh. cruise ship so it was not that oh that doesn't count it was just that like doesn't a stop count. on the you know on the cruise so you're there for probably like a day yeah twice that doesn't count yeah, that doesn't count is it that doesn't even count as one. You get unless you've had a monkey pee on you. That doesn't. I count. have seen monkeys. <laughs> well, to see them, to see them is one thing, but to have them pee on you or in your general direction, that's when you are really into pura vida. Okay. Is is that a Costa Rica thing? Because that's not I don't something know. I've ever heard of. It. Make, it probably wasn't something that was. Very much. <laughs> well, there's something. Some well, maybe not the whole. I, not, maybe not I was to get peed on. That. <laughs> Hey, come to Costa Rica. So we get peed on. Well, we went. Uh, we went down to Nosara, and then we did horseback riding. So you, we rode horses on the beach, and then through the the forest. And then we asked the 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 horse person. I don't know what you call him. If we could do photo shoots with the horse, and uh, she said, "Yeah, of course," because we had a group of like twenty people. And so we went back later for sunset and to do a, a shoot. Uh, with horses on the beach and the beaches over there are just insane because it's like my it seems like it's miles and miles of just flat water going out you know in in california you have you know or like hawaii you have where the the waves break you know so you have choppiness to the water on here the water rolled in so slow at least down in nasara the water rolled in so slow and just like one small layer of water with another layer on top with the next wave and it was just so peaceful and so they ride horses on on that beach it was a it was an insane experience. We did zip lining over there too. Um, well, that that was that was just okay. That wasn't amazing, but it was. Uh, there's something about you know absorbing the energy of where you're shooting, you know, 
Have you ever shot in, in Greece? Like Mykonos or Santorini? Yeah, I did Greece, yeah. I did um, Amorgos. Uh, it's, uh, it's a smaller island, but it's, it's, it's as beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to impress her with all these places, but then I forget that she lives over where all those places are. are <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> but have you shot at a McDonald's, though? <laughs> <laughs> have you shot in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven? I don't think so. What do you mean? Okay, that wasn't... A... <laughs> uh, Costa Rica, yeah, I'm going to bug you about Costa Rica, but... This brings us to our close number two. Uh, again, I'd like to thank our amazing guest, Leticia. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it Bouchard? Bupahope. There's no way I can say that. Uh, we'll just say uh, our, our favorite model who has joined our podcast so far. The first model who's joined our podcast. But our favorite model who's joined our podcast. Uh, if you have any hopes of being a a... A traveling model, please give her a shout out. She has uh, an amazing academy that gives out all the tips, tricks, all the insight into how you can level up your modeling business. Um, and stay tuned for her photography tutorial on how you can take better ballet shots. Yeah. Coming soon, uh, within the next uh, three, three to six months. Yeah? You heard it here. She's going to be launching a photographer course in the next three to six months. A shot on location in Costa Rica. It's going to be an amazing course. It's going to be incredible. Uh, you can see her travel schedule on her Instagram and or her website. She does travel a ton. Again, she's traveled to so many different amazing countries and cities. Uh, hopefully, she'll be at a city next to or close to you. If so, I guarantee if you book a session with her, you will get some images that will make you crap yourself. Um, I can already tell uh, by what she's already posted. Um, sometimes photographers crap themselves naturally. So Ant, just, you know, sorry. That was a reference to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> old age thing. Leticia, we talk a lot about old people in the United States. We talk a lot of crap. So just so you know, because I know it's probably not as common over where you are. But over here, we deal with a lot of old people. Anthony is one of the oldest. So that's why <laughs> we speak so immaturely. She's we respect so our That's why I let him get away with all this. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> hey, that was not nice. Um. Any parting words, Ant? Uh, thank you. First of all, I you know I've been a fan. We followed each other for a little bit. We both had a couple of their pages as well, you know. So I mean, I've I've been a fan of your work. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you in Costa Rica. Uh, I I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, just uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting this stuff out there because uh, I I think you're a positive impact. So uh, just keep doing that. Thank you. Ditto. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hopefully, you, uh, you got some value from today's podcast. Uh, be sure to follow everybody on social media. Do all the usual. Uh, share with a friend if you have friends. And uh, hopefully, we'll see some images that you take with uh, our amazing guest. Until next time, please be safe and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>